Moses in the CIA? I'm Moses, Ken Mosesian. And like my ancestor, I'm all about training individuals, teams, and companies how to lead. Now, I've joined forces with the CIA. I'm Dan Crum, known as the CIA. And I can help you win your best deal every time through my sales training, the CIA method. Join us as we talk about topics of life and business from two unique perspectives. Hello, Ken. How are you this fantastic evening? Ah, Dan, it is a beautiful night here in Phoenix. This is our magnificent time of year. So I am doing well. Thank you. How are you, my friend? I want to say the same word you just used. Magnificent. Magnificent. Um, Ken, enough. What in the world does that even mean? I don't know, but I had shadings of my father scolding me when I was a child. Thanks for that one. So enough. Uh, I think we've all faced this in in business and in relationships. I'm going to open with this, though. Uh, There are those times when you know that an employee that you're, you're working with has got to go. You just, you know it in your gut, you know it, and you keep that person on. And you keep thinking about their redeeming qualities and you keep thinking about how much you like them, which is oftentimes the case. And you think about what they've contributed, but then you also think about the negative impact that they may be having. They're not necessarily a team player that they may have inflated or overstated what they're actually capable of, that they're not coming up to speed nearly fast enough. And that the more time you give them doesn't translate into anything changing. It just translates into you starting to get resentful of this person. And enough is just that point that you get to, that tipping point where you have to make a decision. And I think the challenge for a lot of small business owners is that it's very, very difficult to do that. And the longer you wait, the harder it gets. That's why I always tell my clients, we've got to start at the very beginning to avoid this or to to mitigate this happening on a frequent basis. And that means you've got to think carefully about the position and how you want to advertise it. You've got to think carefully about where you advertise, the pool that you want to go fishing in, if you will. You got to think very carefully about the interview process, the questions that you're going to ask, the the warning signs that might be present in an interview. You want to think about all the people on your team that you might need to bring in to interview this person so that you can get multiple perspectives and not be swayed just by your opinion. In other words, you want to hire really slowly. You want to take your time. You want to be really clear about the person you're bringing on board. And then you want to make sure that the onboarding that you do is such that they're going to be able to be trained and up to speed as quickly as possible. And if something still goes awry after doing everything right on the way there, then you want to fire quickly. And I see this. Weird inversion, Dan, like people 
hiring quickly. It's like, ah, this person's great. And they may give great interview, but giving great interview doesn't mean they're a great employee. Giving great interview doesn't mean that they've got the skill sets to do the job. It simply means that they gave a great interview. They might be great for the job. They might have the skills necessary. But I would just caution people, don't be swayed just by a wonderful interview where you feel a connection with the person. That's certainly a part of it. But man, that's not enough. You never want to get to that point where you're saying enough three months in, six months in, a year in, and still not doing anything about it. The negative impact on your team, the negative impact on your business, the negative impact on your customers is far too much to allow that to go on indefinitely. As I think of this topic, I want to help all of you um, prevent getting to this tipping point that you say enough, you know, and you have to, in this case, we're talking about uh, letting go of an employee typically, uh, but it can apply to other areas of life we'll talk about later. Um, one of the things, and I'm going to do a promotion here, is I wrote a whole book on this topic. So my most recent book was called CIA Method, and it was using uh, recruiting. It's like behind me. Let, me. let me see how I wrote. Subtitles, how to recruit, recruit and retain talent like the CIA, like the Central Intelligence Agency. And um, so I give a lot of things about how you should properly uh, interview filter to find the right people to find the talent that you really want. Um, so where this starts like broadly, because most of you will never see my book or read it, or it's not something you're interested in is with a mindset. And um, this has been talked about a lot by people, but it really is the difference between a scarcity versus abundance mindset. And this makes all the difference in how scrutinizing, if at all you are when you're interviewing. Right. So if you're in desperate need, if you focus on the fact that right now there is the great resignation, or other people have called it the great vacation, um, there's people are used to working from home. Um, they have said to themselves, enough, I will no longer go to an office and work. Right. Um, they have learned that there's more out there, there's more to life than just work. And um, so now they are being very scrutinizing and they are seeing the abundance of possibility. So they're seeing the abundance of jobs, but what that puts then the employer on the side of scarcity, right? So this is the whole economics of supply and demand. And they're going, oh my gosh, it's so hard to find a good person. Well, the moment we say to ourselves, it's so hard to find a good person, talent in this case, then we have entered a scarcity mindset, which makes us more desperate. So we're just going to take whatever we get. So whatever walks through that door, or jumps on our Zoom interview with us, however that works out, we're just going to take something that kind of closely meets the standard. And in, by all definition, what you're doing is settling. And so what you're doing is you're just from the very beginning, you're setting yourself up to eventually get to a point because you were desperate, because you had a scarcity mindset, because you settled for less than you ultimately wanted for that position that you're going to reach that tipping point where you say enough and you have to get rid of this person. Um, where I think this equally applies for our listeners who go, this topic is not for me because I don't run a company. I'm never going to hire somebody. I'm not a manager. I'm never going to fire somebody. This is not relevant to me. Is I always say there's a very good correlation between dating um, and sales 
let's just use that dating and business. And in this sense, the same thought process applies. So if you're a person who's actively seeking out somebody to date, you need to ask yourself, are you coming at it from a scarcity mindset where a good significant other is hard to find? Or are you coming at it from an abundance mindset where there's plenty out there, plenty of fish in the sea? So uh, my advice is the same for either one, which is it doesn't matter what's true. Uh, The Henry Ford saying, if you can attribute to him, you say you can, you say you can't, you're right. Well, if you say there's a lot out there, then you're right. And if you say there's hardly anybody out there, you're also right because you get what you focus on. So I'd say start by just the simple shift in focus to that there are plenty of quality people for your company, or if you're on the dating side, there are plenty of people that would line up and be a great person for you to date and start with that mindset. And then you can possibly just avoid altogether getting to that tipping point of enough. So I'm just shaking in terror at the thought of dating again. Not that I need to, I've been married for 28 years next month, but just the thought of actually dating again is enough to terrify me. Um, I agree with what you're saying, Dan, I would add a nuance. Like, you know, to me, the, the, the perspective I come at this from is the right person is there. I, I may not have found that right person yet. It, that right person may or may not be part of this giant pool of people, but the right person is there for me. The right person is there for me personally in terms of a significant other. The right person is there for me in terms of an employer uh, and an employee. And what I need to be careful about is maintaining the standards that I have. And like you talked about settling, I wonder how many people actually begin with what they truly need in another human being whether that's an employee, whether that's a spouse, what are the qualities that they're really looking for? And does that person match or not match? And this is the thing that I see in hiring because I I help a lot of my clients with the hiring process. And as we go through what they're doing, I notice that that there's, there's kind of a shiny object syndrome. It's like, man, did you hear the way he answered that question? It was great. Or did you see how how sharp she was when she came in today and you know was able to like tell us about our history she had done some research it's like that's great that that seems to be enough oftentimes for people just to say this is this is terrific it all works but i would urge people to think about deeper questions i would urge people whether or not it's business or like you said dating life whether or not it's it's personal or it's professional, what are some deeper things that you would want to know? If you think about three months into a relationship, six months into a relationship, a year into a relationship, particularly if you've hired people before or if you've had a personal relationship before, what were some of the issues that rose up? What were some of the things that you confronted? And if you haven't and you talk to a colleague, what have you noticed like six months in after hiring a new employee, a year in after hiring a new employee? What are some of the nuances that you might want to know? What are some of those things that you might want to ask in advance 
of hiring them in that interview process to get a better sense of what they might be like after the fact. It's very honeymoony at the beginning. It's it's dating. And you're right, Dan, it's it's so analogous to dating. Even if you're hiring, people come in, everyone's on their best behavior, everybody's dressed really nicely. You know, we're we're all putting our best foot forward because we want it to work. And I think that's that's kind of the, the beautiful thing. Everybody wants it to work. The person applying for the job wants the job. The employer wants the person to be the right person that so they can stop looking. Back in the day, way, way, way back, uh, I, I made my living as an actor. And I remember a casting director saying to me, look, we are so on your side because if you're the one and we want you to be the one, we get to go home. Like literally, you have a 9 a.m. appointment. I've got all day booked. If I want to hire you, I'm done for the day. We want you, right? So I think we walk in with that mindset that we just want this person to be the one because the process, frankly, can be drawn out. It can be tedious. And again, this applies both sides, personally and professionally. It's a lot to go through. And then you start negotiating with yourself. And they're 80% there. I could get them that other 20%. I can fix, I can fix what's wrong. And so many relationships fall apart because people made the assumption that they could fix something. They could fix someone else and they can't. It's not possible. You can't fix anybody. You know, what you sign up for is what you're going to get. And, and that's something that you need to be clear about at the outset. On the professional side of things, sure, you can think about, all right, with some education, with some training, we can get this person up to speed to where they need to be. That's normal. But do they have the tools? Do they have the critical thinking necessary to be able to assimilate all of that and then apply it? Those are the kinds of questions that you need to think about, the situational questions. What, what situations can you pose to a person that you're interviewing? Or on the, the personal side of things, what kind of life experiences can you talk about that might elicit an answer that lets you know whether or not the path is worth continuing to walk down? So know that while it might be lovely, like the casting director said, to have the first person that walks in get the audition and you're done, it seldom works that way. And if you hire that first person out of the gate, it's probably not going to be the right fit. And you're probably going to be saying it's enough at some point down the line. I can give you the best advice ever. Here's how you never settle. Have no standards. It's really easy. Because um, really, the only way you settle is when you know what you want and you've laid it out. So great advice, Ken. It's like, I, I think many people are skipping that step, right? So yes, mindset come from an abundance mindset. There's a lot out there that meets your standard. But I guess before you know, there's a lot out there, have the mindset that there's a lot out there that meets your standard. You have to know what your standard actually is, right? So I think it's easy for a job. For a job, you know, there's certain criteria, qualifications, history, experience, whatever uh, that you're looking for. But I challenge each of you who are listening from the perspective of dating, which Ken cringes at, um, to get really clear about what's an ideal person you'd want to date. Um, and the easy way to do that is probably the same style that you take as um, an employer is look at what didn't work before, right? 
or look at what you didn't like before in past relationships and write the opposite. So the positive side of like the flip side of that and look what you really liked and then write those attributes, personality traits, uh, likes, dislikes, morals, values, rules, whatever, these things about this person and be really clear on what that looks like. So when you're interviewing them or sitting down on that first date or first couple of dates and you're getting to know them, you're kind of, maybe not more than kind of, you're really seeing, do they qualify? Like, are they good enough? Do they meet your standard? And so I think first, get clear on what exactly what you want in a relationship or get clear on really what would make an ideal candidate for this job. And then have that abundance mindset where um, you know there are plenty out there. So you don't take, you don't settle for less than you deserve. You don't take that first person, even if it was Ken who walked in the door at 9 a.m., but you're willing to say, you know what? This looks like somebody who could work, but let me still check out what else is out there because there may be a more ideal fit than what I had before. But let's just say you get past all that. You didn't have the right mindset. You were in a scarcity uh, and you did settle for less than maybe you really wanted because you just wanted someone to fill the position or somebody to date. Um, You then have to ask your question of when is it enough? Like, and I'm saying like, like the negative, when is it enough? Like enough is enough. I'm done. I've reached my tipping point. I want it to be over. Um, And there is no answer to this. It's subjective. But I really like this um, for business. I really like kind of the three strikes you're out rule. I really like something where something is not working out and you give a warning and that warning is like a strike. Um, And then you maybe give one more chance that's strike two, right? Like, huh, like they're trying, but it's still that thing. I think by that third one, you really have to let that person go. I think that's a good philosophy for business is um, three strikes max, three strikes max. I mean, if it's egregious enough, maybe like that first strike or second strike is enough, boom, let them go. I think though, in relationships, uh, that's a really tricky one because there are certain things that are strike one and it's over, but there are other things where just imperfect humans, you might give them a lot of chances as imperfect humans, and they might get more than three strikes because maybe they're not really big things. Um, And you have to ask yourself, uh, what is your tipping point where it's enough where you actually would let them go? Um, In business, the difference is this. The difference is that one person who is not good enough to be on that team could be the rotten apple that spoils the rest of the people on your team. So just be really aware that while you're trying to be reasonable and give someone plenty of time and chances and things like that, be aware that when you're on a bigger team, it's not just you and one other person, that person's chances you're giving them might be impacting the rest of the team and might be spoiling the rest of the bunch. So something to be aware of. So kind of ask yourself that question. What is your rules for when is it enough? And you're just going to end it in a relationship or you're going to end it uh, for getting rid of someone in a job Um, and then set that standard. Right. So like write it out, be very clear on what that is. So you can be consistent and you can treat everybody by the same standard. So let let me talk about the personal thing first. Um, One of the, the, the thing, one of the things that the, the priesthood at the church that, that Bob and I were at way back when, when we first met, we met at church Um, he would ask couples coming in for marriage counseling who in the parish they wanted to model their relationship after. This is the Roman Catholic Church. (laughs) He called this aside one day and he said, your names come up more frequently than any straight couple. 
which I just thought was like the greatest compliment in the world. Like these young straight couples getting married. This was at a time when we couldn't legally be married, but we people knew we were together. We were committed to each other. Our name came up. And so I think one of the things you could do in the dating world is like, who's an example? It might be your parents. It might be a sister. It might be a great friend. Look to them. Look to their, their relationship. Talk to them. It's like, what are the challenges? What And Dan, like you were saying, it's like, we're all imperfect. You're not going to have, there's no such thing as 100% in a relationship. By its very nature, a relationship is compromised. You don't get everything you want and that's okay, but your values have to be aligned. If your values aren't aligned, it's over. And, and you can determine that at the outset. But I just really encourage people, talk to people whose relationships are thriving we're always talking in business about, you know, who's a who's a business person that you really admire? What's a company you really admire? You know, look at the things that they do. Model your your business after theirs. Model your leadership after theirs. Well, you can model your relationship after someone else's too. People would be flattered to be asked about what makes a relationship work, what makes it thrive. That's on the personal side. On the professional side, I think it's so essential that you have everything clearly defined at the beginning. It's like, it's one thing to have like a job description. It's another thing to actually say, but what does that mean in time and space? What does it actually look like on the field when, when it's happening? It's very different sometimes, a string of bullet points. How does that translate to what's expected of a person? Get that level of clarity with the person that you're contemplating hiring. And then to your, your three strikes policy, yeah, there's if something's egregious, they were stealing from the company. Well, one strike, you're out, gone. But if it is something minor or more minor, if someone is not performing at the level they need to be, you can't, and I, I hear clients say this all the time, I told him he just wasn't up to snuff, he just wasn't performing. It's like, did you tell them where or how or why? Did you give them something that was specific and measurable? Because they they have to be able to measure it so they can track it. And, and if they can't track it, they'll never know if they're on their way to being successful at it. So, so get specific with people. Have those hard conversations. You're failing in this area. Here's where you're at. Here's where I need you to be. These are the steps you need to take. And if you don't arrive at this, you have one more warning, and then after that, I'm going to have to terminate you. That's the level of specificity that you need to talk to people with in order for them to have a fighting chance to be able to succeed. Thank you for listening. To learn more, check out MosesInTheCIA.com. To learn more about Ken Mosesian, check out Mosesian.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, check out dancrum.com